0: with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Today we're having a monocast. It's just me, myself, and I. Yes, hi, is everyone doing? It's Dr. Lulu, aka The Momatrician. We're going to be talking about something that's really, really near and dear to my heart. But before we do that, I want to take a moment to thank you all for listening to me over the past few weeks. I can't even believe that we're at episode 10, yes? I can't even believe it. I'm just so excited. This has been a dream of mine. If you know me, you know I love to talk. This has been a dream of mine. I don't like to hear my voice on the, uh, through the speakers, but I'm getting used to, to, to my voice. I mean, it is, what I, it is what it is. It's my voice. I can't help it. So today's topic is a topic that is very, very near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about Suicide and Bullying a.k.a. bullying and suicide. And so if you don't know my story yet, you could listen to episode one, which talks about who I am, my why, my passion, my story, what's going on. And if you listen to that, you will know that I was bullied in elementary school. But that's not the reason I'm I'm not talking about bullying today. I'm talking about bullying today because of the fact that in recent times, unless you've been living under a rock in recent times, you know that We've had a lot of issues with bullying and suicide in America. In America specifically because I live in America, but also across the world. And I'm going to talk about a kid from Australia. Really, Australian teens have had a very, very high rate of suicide recently. A lot of them as a result of bullying. And um, I think we're going to mention a kid from Canada as well. So it promises to be a sobering episode. Hopefully, you all will hang in with me to the end. But thank you so much for everyone who has been here with me through the beginning up until now. Thank you so very much. So let's dig in. What is the definition of, you know, before we even say that, a lot of people that are adults now do believe that for some reason, they think that bullying is part of being a child. And as a result, they tend to Downplay bullying a lot. So I'm hoping that after today's episode, if you're one of those adults, hopefully you have a rethink and reconsider that bullying should not be part of growing up. It should never be part of a child's history. There's nothing good about it. I was bullied. I survived mine. You might have survived yours, but not everybody survives theirs. And we're going to talk about why bullying and suicide have been going hand-in-hand in, hand in recent times. And so without further ado, let's get started. So to define bullying, for bullying to take place, we must have three kinds of people where children and kids in school are concerned. We must have the bully, we must have the victim, and we must have a bystander. And in school, nine times out of ten, there is a bystander or in the school bus. But many a time, there's no bystander. However, I do throw in bystanders in there only because in recent times, if you've listened to the news, you know that a lot of bystanders in schools just whip up their phone and start recording rather than whipping up their phone and calling 911. So I do believe one of my theories is that bullying, especially in schools and buses and on the playground, have continued because of the presence of bystanders. And we're going to talk a little bit about bystanders and who they are and consequences of being a bystander before the end of this talk today. So, yes, we need a bully, we need the victim, and we need a bystander. And for the bullying to take place, we have to have an intent. There must be the intention on the side of the bully or on the part of the bully to harm his or her victim, to harm their victim, or to cause pain to their victim, or emotional pain, physical pain, whatever, however you want to call it, but there must be the intent on the side of the bully. Then of course the activity or the event must be repetitive, there must be repetition. In other words, the bully will repeat the activity. So what I'm saying is, if your child gets beaten up maybe one time, or if your child is a bully and your child beats up another kid just one time because, I don't know, they call them the N-word or they call them a bad name and your child was like, you're going to get it and you get it. Technically, if that only happens once, that doesn't fall into the category of bullying. Technically, it doesn't fall into the category of bullying. But when it becomes repeated Every time he or she sees her or him, they pull their hair, they call them names, they scare them, then that kind of falls in the bracket of bullying because it's repetitive. So we talked about repetitiveness, we talked about intent, and then there must be an imbalance of power. In other words, the bully must be bigger or stronger or richer or older or more popular, or something more than the victim. So it's a triad. You need the bully, you need the victim, you need the bystander as far as people. And as far as situations, you need the intent on the side of the bully, you need the activity to be repeated, and then you need there to be imbalance of power for it to take place. Okay? So there are five types of bullying. I added the fifth one, and I'll tell you why. And now, you know what, because I can. <laughs> I found out that as I got older, I can do some things, I can say some things because I can. So I added the fifth type of bullying, and I'll tell you why when we get to that. The first and most famous kind of bullying is physical bullying. Everybody thinks about physical bullying when you talk about bullying. Or somebody was beaten up, somebody was beaten up, somebody was beaten up. But as you and I know, there's also verbal bullying, whereby Kids are being called names. Insults are being hurled at them. Like the case of my first son, who another child told in the school bus that when God was making him, he left him in the oven for too long and he got burnt. Well, if you haven't heard that story, I think you should listen to one of my first episodes where I talked about it. But that's verbal abuse, okay? Then, of course, there's the almighty cyberbullying. People that I like to call keyboard gangsters or keyboard rogues. They can hide behind their phone. They can hide behind their computer and write whatever they want to write within the confines of the computer. They call you names. They hack into your system. They, make, they tease you. They make fun of you. They exclude you. Things like that, even in cyber bullying, especially with this onset of cell phones. Oh, my God. If your child who loves their cell phone suddenly does not like their cell phone, find out why your child might be getting bullied through that cell phone. So please, 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 if your child suddenly doesn't want to use their cell phone, doesn't want to play with their f- cell phones, find out what the heck is going on with your child. And then there is social bullying. Social bullying is telling lies, spreading rumors, and ostracization. One of my biggest words that I like when it comes to bullying, ostracism or ostracization, girls are very, very good at that. They said, I don't want to play with you anymore because blah, blah, blah. You've got blue eyes. Your hair is longer. Your hair is not long enough. You're bigger. You're not too big. You're too small or you're tall. Whatever. They're going to find a way to exclude you, especially girls are very, very good at that. So the top four, verbal, physical, Cyber, social, and the last one that I added, racial. Yes, believe it or not, prejudice, racism are forms of bullying. And if you have not experienced that yet, then don't tell me it's not. Go look it up. If you have experienced racism, then you know it is systematic bullying. Absolutely, it is bullying. So I put racism in there because I do believe wholeheartedly, that it is a type of bullying, okay? Then we're going to talk about, let me see, um, what are the characteristics of these people that bully? So the first thing is a bully is almost always someone that has been hurt. Believe it or not, a lot of bullies have been bullied in their lifetime. Honestly, I do believe that, and I think you hopefully will hear this when I release Vicky's episode, we talked about how bullies tend to be people who have been hurt in their own lifetime and hurt people who are not heard, hurt other people. And so a lot of times the bullies are hurting themselves. They're hurting themselves. The victim tends to be someone who appears helpless, you know? So they tend to be different. They are the different kids in the town or in the school or on the bus. Maybe they are new in the school. Maybe they are black. Maybe they are albinos. Maybe they are sickly. Maybe they've got a chronic illness, like maybe, I don't know, seizures or like the case of Seven Bridges. He had a um, colostomy bag. Maybe they are redhead and you don't like redheads. Maybe they are blonde. Maybe they're African like me. Maybe they're Muslim. Maybe they're Jews. Something makes that child different from other kids, and that is why people decide it is up to them to bully them. In my case, when I was bullied, I was the only officer's child on the school bus, and so I was bullied as a result of that. They used to sing for me. They used to make fun of me and stuff like that. The bully tends to be more or less a privileged kid. It tends to be popular, they may or may not be rich, they tend to be good in sports, and when I say sports, I mean like football or basketball or one of the popular sports, not necessarily a child who is into maybe karate or some of the martial arts because they teach them to use their arts for self-defense or to help others. The bully tends to be bigger than other kids, maybe even older than other kids, They tend to be the ones that do not want to follow rules at all. And like I said earlier on, they tend to have been bullied. So that is who is at risk of bullying or who is at risk of being bullied. So if your child falls in that category, you want to kind of be careful. And the characteristic of the bystander, the bystander tends to be a kid who is neither here nor there. Maybe they were bullied before, maybe they were bullies, or maybe they are bullies. They tend to have a lot of low self-esteem and they, t- they tend to want to identify with others. They themselves feel like if I don't identify with the bully or if I if I say something, I might be next. So the bystander tends to be a child who may or may not be someone that we want to kind of keep an eye on because they tend to not know who they are. They have a lot of self-esteem issues and therefore they don't want to call for help because they don't want to get in trouble. With the bully, they don't want to be next, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to do all the things that they know they should be doing. What are the signs that your child is being bullied? One of the first signs is your child comes home with unexplained injuries, right? They come home with unexplained injuries. Like they're getting scratches, they're getting marks on their body, they're getting bruises, and, you know, either they tell you the story that doesn't kind of fit the injury or They're just a little too many for, you know, maybe his age or his grade or for his personality. If your child is not a rough kid and he's coming home with bruises that will be explained from being rough, then they may be bullied. If your child tends to lose a lot of their school stuff, we might have a problem with bullying. In other words, maybe their pencils, their erasers, their cell phones, their computers, you know, their books, their lunch, (laughs) Things are getting missing and they're coming home and not knowing where they are. Their shoes, they have Air Jordans or whatever, one of those famous shoes, maybe their socks, because the bully decides to take them and or just throw it away or something. If your child is becoming moody or having a change of mood, your child that used to be happy-go-lucky is suddenly coming home depressed and or crying and or tearful, or sad, or trying to keep to themselves, things that they never used to do before. We might have a problem with bullying taking place in school. If your child starts to somatize, one of my favorite words in medicine is somatization, which means your child is making up symptoms that are not necessarily there. Look out for that child who has abdominal pains, especially on Mondays, but the abdominal pain is gone by Friday, you get it? Yes, they don't want to go to school, and then when Friday comes around, it's a weekend, so they are okay. Something like that. If your child has been taken to the doctor multiple times, and the doctor is not able to figure out what's going on with them, that headache that doesn't get better, that leg pain that doesn't get better, that stomach pain that doesn't get better, it's time to start asking the doctor the questions like, Doc, could my child be bullied? Doctors listening to me, you want to ask yourself, is there something else going on with this child? Could this child be bullied? bullied school phobia kind of follows that naturally a child that doesn't want to go to school starts crying when it's time to go to school is really becoming temperamental getting hysterical when it's time to go to school when he wasn't here she wasn't doing that before then we want to be very careful because that person might be afraid of somebody in the school hopefully not a teacher okay if your child starts presenting with sleep disorders sleep disturbances Like, you know, he or she suddenly is not able to go to bed at night. They're having nightmares. They're having night terrors. They're waking up and screaming. They're asking you to leave the light on. They're asking you, you know, to stay with them. And this is all, of course, new. Not a child who hasn't, I don't know, maybe a three-year-old might, that might be normal for them or a four-year-old might be normal for them. But, I don't know, a nine-year-old who should be okay sleeping on their own, you know. Things like that. Suddenly, they don't want to be left alone in their room. Houston, we've got a problem. What if their grades start to drop? A child who was a straight A, or even if it's not a straight A, a child who, you know that they used to have good grades, and all of a sudden, their grades are dropping. We want to look into it, y'all. We want to look into it. And please, don't be like me with my first and second son. I was like, no, you're lazy, you can do better, things like that. Sometimes... It's not that the child is lazy. They're just not able to focus because they're so scared and they're so anxious in school all the time. What if your child starts avoiding social places, like places where his friends or his schoolmates should be, or if there's like an event in school and it's like, oh, it's okay, I don't want to go. I don't need to go. We don't need to go. Why is your child doing that? Or maybe your child suddenly has no friends because maybe their friends followed the bully, you know? But especially if they don't want to go to things that everybody wants to go to in school, like a play or like a football game or something in school where everybody wants to go and your child suddenly doesn't want to go, make sure your child is not being bullied. If suddenly your child starts having self-esteem problems, you know, we need to check that out. If your child starts exhibiting self-destructive behavior, High-risk behavior, truancy, you know. Skipping school, you think they're going to school, but they're not. Things like that. Please, please, please take it seriously. If the teacher ever tells you that, take it seriously. It is not a joke. It is not a joke. It is not a joke. Take it very seriously, okay? Let me see. What else we got here? Um. So, yes, yeah, so you're wondering... Gosh, I'm a parent, all these things you're telling me, what can I do, Dr. Lulu, what can I do? Oh, you know what, before I say that, let's, let's talk about signs. So what are the signs that your child is the bully? One of my favorite things to talk about, right? Because everybody thinks the bully is somebody else's kid, but what if your kid is the bully? What if your child is the feared one at school? How would you know as a parent? Well, how about OPP? Your kid is coming home with other people's property, other people's shoes, other people's t-shirts, other people's combs and brushes, things like that. Um, I want to know what's going on. Why are you getting all these things? Where are you getting them from? And if the story doesn't match, and even if the story matches, go to school and find out anyway. Do not be taken by surprise, okay? Okay. Your child tends to get in trouble a lot. Unfortunately, kids who bully tend to be the ones that don't want to, you know, follow the rules. So if your child tends to get in trouble a lot, we need to kind of worry about that. If your child's friends are the bullies or your child's friends tend to get in trouble a lot, you need to worry about that. If your child does not like to accept blame, like it's everybody else's fault but theirs, We got a problem, we got a problem. If your child is one of those people that want to worry about their reputation a lot, they care about their reputation, you better worry about that because your kid might be the ones that we talked about. They are popular and they will do anything to stay popular. So again, as a good parent, nine times out of 10, you should have hopefully been all over the place in your school and your school knows you, you know, your kid's school rather knows you and they know that you're all over the place so they don't mess around because you don't mess around, but if you're not, then you need to start. So talking about parents, let's talk about what will a parent do, um, or rather, what do we do if our kids have been bullied or we're worried about bullying in our kids? So the first thing is on the side of the school district. I'm just going to say that and then be done with that. The the school that your child goes to, as a parent, ensure that they have a zero tolerance policy for bullying in the school, but also ensure that it is, (laughs) because it's one thing to have the zero tolerance policy, right? But is it adhered to? Are they enforcing it? If your child's school has a zero tolerance, ask if it is being, you know, practiced, if it is being enforced. Ask them to give you examples. If you're like me, you're going to roll up in there if anything happens to your kid. So ask the school what their policy is, and ask them to give you examples of how and when they've used their policy. It is, it is your right to know, and it's in their place to tell you that. Also, as a parent, when it comes home, like I always talk about charity begins at home, really shouldn't be the school district first, but sometimes it is, because a lot of times we hear these stories, you know, just always, oh, we went to the school district, we went to the school district, they didn't do anything, they didn't do anything. I don't know what I'll do if my kids' school didn't do anything about bullying, but it's not going to be something good. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's not going to be something good, okay? Because believe it or not, 58% of kids who die by suicide were bullied. 58. So that's almost 60%. That's a lot of kids, okay? Whereas we'll talk about why bullying alone is not the reason that they're dying by suicide, but bullying is the majority reason, okay? Okay? So we'll talk about that in a minute. Parents, you need to check yourself at home. What kind of life are you living? What kind of life are you leading? Remember when I always say, your life is the mirror to which your kids look at life. So be careful how you live your life. Are you being bullied at home? Is there domestic violence going on at home? Are you asking yourselves those, those tough questions? You know, are you looking yourselves in the mirror? Are you being aware of every single move that you're making? Are you intentional? about your parenting. Have you asked your child those questions? Are you afraid to ask your child because you think you're afraid of the truth or you think you already know the truth and you don't want to confirm it? Well, that's not gonna work. Ask your child to tell you about the bruises. Tell you why they're coming home hungry. Maybe somebody's eating their lunch at school. Ask your child why they are missing their stuff all the time. Go to your child's school. Talk to your child's friends. Ask them, how is your kid acting in school? Ask them if your kid is being bullied in school. Hopefully, they'll be kind enough to tell you. Go into the school and talk to your kid's teachers. Find out what's going on with your kid at school. Be one of those present parents when it comes to your kid's school. So that everybody knows that, uh uh-oh, it's so-and-so's mom. Uh Uh-oh, we better, you know, have answers. Of course, talk to your kid's doctor when you're concerned about your kid's emotional or even otherwise status. Talk to your kid's doctor. Find out, you know, what we can do to help. We are there to help. We are extenders. We're extension of the the parents. The teachers are extension of the parents. The doctors are also extension of the parents. So use us. We're ready to help. We're glad to help. For the friends, for the kids in school, be a buddy and not a bully. Make sure that your school is a bully-free zone. If you don't have one, start one. What I tell the kids to do, if you see a kid sitting by themselves at lunch the first day, the second day, by the third day, go sit with the kid at lunch. Go sit with them and don't say anything. First day, second day, third day, by the third day, that kid will say something to you. Challenge your kids to do this. If they see someone sitting by themselves, I don't care what excuse they tell you. Oh, well, I didn't know. I didn't want the child to think that something, something, whatever. Go and sit with the child and say nothing. By the first, second, and third day, that child is going to say something to you. For the rest of the world, honestly, we just need to be more supportive. We need to believe our children when our children tell us that they are being bullied We need to believe that our children can and often are the bullies. Oh, my goodness. How else can I put that? We must have compassion. It is not normal for your child to be bullied. It is not normal. It's not a normal part of childhood. There's something called ACEs, which we're going to get to in a minute. It is not normal part of childhood for your child to be bullied. Please. Ah, please, 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 please. It is not a part of growing up. It's not normal. For your child to be bullied. It's not a rite of passage. It's a bad thing for your child to be a bully or for your child to be bullied, period. Or to be the bystander, right? In the case of the government, oh my goodness, just ensure that the government rules, the local government rules, the school district rules, make sure that they have zero tolerance and make sure that the kids know that there's zero tolerance or there should be zero tolerance. And therefore, parents, when your kids are being bullied, Go in there and do something, insist that something is done like I did. There are some very, very, very bad outcomes of bullying, and one of them is suicide. Another one is school shooting. With all these craziness with shooting going on now, with all, you know it's possible that some, sometimes when a kid is being bullied to some extent, they feel backed up in the corner, they storm the school. And they shoot up the school. That is a possibility because the child is tired of being put down and being told that they can't do anything. They will not amount to anything. They're going to say, you know what, I'll show you that I can. So please, please, there's a story, more than one story that I've featured in the past on my Facebook Lives on Ask Dr. Lulu on Sundays at 2 p.m. on Facebook. I featured a kid who was in jail who had actually gone to school to shoot up the school because of that. He killed one of the kids that was actually nice to him because he was being bullied. It happens. It happens. So that being said, what are the... um? Okay, there's one thing that we can also do. We can say the word, stop it. And this is for the kids. We can say the word stop it very loud, very clearly, very, very determinedly. That makes sense. When you see bullying going on, stop bullying whenever you see it taking place. My friend Vicky said the two most powerful words in bullying are stop and it. So stop it, attempt to stop it. If you're going to use your phone, use your phone only for a second just to capture the event and capture the bully and then turn your video in to the school authorities. It should not be used as a way to bully the bully and to bully the victim some more. So take the pictures if you must, but only as evidence. Scream, stop it. If you're scared, go get some reinforcement. Go get a friend. Get two friends. Come back and I bet you, you will destabilize the bully. Okay? Or get a teacher, you know? Get a teacher. there are some very, very bad outcomes from bullying. One of them is emotionally, the children are scarred for life. those victims like I, I like I was. I'm over that now, but I'm fifty. It took me a long time to get over it. Victims tend to be scarred for life. Bullies also have their own consequences. We'll talk about that in a minute. and then victims can also perpetrate the behavior. Victims can perpetrate the behavior. That's why I said a lot of bullies have been bullied themselves. There's a very high rate of domestic violence, you know, high rate of suicide, high rate of antisocial behavior in, in bullies, you know. There's a high rate of drug abuse. There's a high rate of criminal conviction. There's a high rate of sexual promiscuity in bullies. Also, when it comes to the victim, there's decreased school performance, poor thing, because they can't focus, they're scared all the time. There's a high incidence of depression and anxiety, suicidal ideation, suicide, multiple health issues in victims. Believe it or not, bystanders have a high rate of school truancy. It makes sense, right? It makes a lot of sense. They've been there. They've been watching it happening. It makes a lot of sense that they are also, they are victimized in a way. And they also, um well, some of them are just like the bully. That's why they hang around the bully. So they also have truancy and other things going on with them. They have a lot of emotional issues. The bystanders do. They also have a high rate of drug abuse, use of nicotine, cigarettes, and of course, alcohol use in Bystanders, who knew that, right? <laughs> and then you ask me, Well, why do kids not tell? Why don't they seek help? A lot of kids who are being bullied feel humiliated, okay? It's very, very hard for them to show their face in school if someone is humiliating them and bullying them every day. If you don't believe me, listen to some of the stories that I've I've had. You know, these people have been tormented for a long time is really, really hard to continue. And so many of them, they feel humiliated. They don't want to go to tell the, the, um, the, the authorities because they also feel like, you know, there's a fear of escalation, right? If they go tell the school district or the, or the principal or whatever, it's going to be worse off for them. And sometimes the bullies tell them that. And, you know, if you're afraid and you don't have any friends, really, it's hard for you to go tell. There's also a lack of trust of the system because a lot of times they've already told, maybe in the past, and nothing was done about it, right? A lot of times they've told in the past and nothing was done about it. And so they feel like, you know, I'm not going to go tell. It doesn't matter, you know. It really doesn't matter. And so you notice that a lot of the kids don't want to tell. There's also a fear of ostracization, right? Like, people start avoiding you because, oh, you're a tatter or your snitches get stitches or whatever nonsense that the kids talk about. They avoid you and they ostracize you and really you feel victimized over and over again. So it's one of those things that I will say for sure, if your child is being bullied, it is one of those things you really have to take seriously. If your child is the bystander, you have to take it seriously. As a parent, you must show that you're their number one cheerleader, you're the number one, you know, advocate, and you're there for them at all times. Let's talk about bullying and ACEs. So the definition of ACEs is Adverse Childhood Experiences, A-C-E-S. One of the big things that happens in children that makes them have long-term psychological problems, long-term issues with bullying and suicide and stuff like that, one of them is ACEs. So all the traumatic events that happen to children when they were young, be it bullying, be it sexual assault, whatever it is, all of those things add up to ACEs. And ACEs increase the risk of suicide when you have bullying already. Okay, so I'm going to say that again for those at the back. When you have ACEs, which is an independent factor, and bullying, another independent factor, there's a very high rate of suicide potentially in that child. Okay? Because they've already gone through a lot of trauma, and then they are being traumatized more and more. And so it's like, okay, at this point, they have nowhere else to go. And then they seek to stop the pain, to end the pain. And then they become suicidal, or heaven forbid, they actually pull it off. A lot of times, a child who is being bullied, who does not have a lot of support at home, or doesn't have a lot of parental involvement, can easily, easily throw in the towel. So, if your parents please, please, please pay attention to your child. A lot of trauma, a lot of parental non involvement can cause that child to go overboard. A child who is being bullied who also has depression and anxiety has a very high risk of suicide. So again, that's what I was saying that, you know, bullying is one of the bigger factors there. But sometimes it's not just bullying because many of us, we were bullied and we didn't end up killing ourselves. doesn't mean that many kids who are bullied would not want to do that because a lot of times are more, there's more to it, especially with cyberbullying with the cell phones and all the things that are going on now, it's really, really bad. LGBTQ kids, those are the ones that are at the highest rate of being bullied, highest rate of suicides these days. So please, 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 if your child comes and tells you that they're having issues with their, with their sexuality, please, as a parent, please be supportive. I will mention Alaskan and Asian Americans here because they tend to be the ethnicities that have a very high rate of suicide, especially suicide attempt. But believe it or not, African Americans, you know, there was that study that came out in the, the Washington Post, I think, a couple of years ago, that showed that African American children aged 5 to 11 are now twice as likely as their Caucasian counterparts to die by suicide. However... The Alaskan Americans still have the highest rate of suicide overall, you know. But as you and I know, suicide is the number two cause of death, second only to accidents. So that is bad enough. That is really, really bad enough. And so all of that being said, we're going to share a couple of stories about um, some of our children that we've lost to suicide. I'm going to call their names I'm going to tell you a little bit about their stories for the ones that I remember their stories, and then we will observe one minute of silence at the end for all those who we've lost to suicide, especially as a result of bullying. So my first kid today is Philip Spruill. He was an 11-year-old who was repeatedly bullied for being overweight and for having ADHD. The newsreel said he was repeatedly bullied, repeatedly bullied. And his brother, who was seven years old, was also bullied. And as a matter of fact, the day he killed himself, I think he had just gone to the school to tell them about the bullying going on, and they didn't do anything about it. And then he came home and killed himself. Imagine the sadness. Imagine the overwhelming sadness, this poor little boy. Had to endure, and you need to see his picture with smiling in every single picture that I found of him on the internet. Rest in peace, rest in heaven, Philip Spurlow. My second kid today is Rochelle Pryor. Rochelle Pryor is a 14-year-old teenager who died earlier this year, 2019. She was one of nine Australian teens who died in the space of I think it was wait. I'm having my it might be nine teens in the space of three weeks or something like that um, earlier this year, but the thing about Rochelle was her last Facebook post said, "Maybe after I'm gone, the bullying and the racism will stop. Maybe after I'm gone, the bullying and the racism will stop." That's what Rochelle Pryor. She was 14. she was Australian. She was a case of bullying and racism, and she said it herself. So can you imagine the amount of despair that this poor little girl had? The amount of sadness and not being able to go anywhere or ask anybody for help. Rest in peace, Rochelle Pryor. My next kid is Kevin Reese. Kevin Reese is a cute little boy, 10 years old, from up the road from where I live. I live in San Antonio. He was in Katy, Katy's on the way to Houston, kat on the way to Houston. Kevin Reese, another case of relentless, is what they wrote, relentless bullying. This poor little guy endured. Relentless bullying is what the newsreel said. And he eventually went home one day and hung himself with his belt. Kevin Reese, rest in peace. Mackenzie Adams is my next child. Mackenzie was only nine years old. She was bullied and bullied and bullied some more to the extent that her parents took her out of the school that she was attending and put her in another school. But even in the other school, the bullying continued. Mackenzie Adams had to endure people texting her on her iPad, go kill yourself. Why don't you just die? Her only crime was she was riding to school in a car with a white kid. And some kids in the school had a problem with that. The kind of meanness that goes on in schools today is unbelievable. These are your children. If you're listening to me, these are yours and my kids. These are our kids that are doing this to other kids. Jamel Miles is one of the most heartbreaking ones. Jamel Miles was only nine years old. He discovered during the summertime that he was gay. We're not going to talk about that in details today because that's another day's topic, but they do know their sexuality. Jamel Miles found out that summer that he was gay. He told his mom, Mom, I'm so excited. I can't wait to tell my friends that I'm gay. And he got to school. And within four days, the same nine-year-old kids teased him to no avail. They teased him so much so that four days, only four days into school, Jamel Miles hung himself. Rest in peace, Jamel Miles. Rest in heaven. The next child I'm going to talk about is Seven Bridges. Seven was ten. Seven Bridges' only crime was he had a chronic medical condition that caused him to have to wear a colostomy bag. For those of you who don't know what a colostomy bag is, it's essentially something going on with your intestines and you have to have a piece of your intestine brought out to the surface through your abdominal wall, and you have to wear a bag to collect the the intestinal excrement. And Seven Bridges' only crime was that. He had endured uh, multiple surgeries in his life, medically. He had, at one time, he was choked by another kid in the school bus. He was only 10 years old. And he gained his wings the day he killed himself. Rest in peace, Seven Bridges. I could go on and on and on. We're going to talk about Nigel Shelby one of the older kids in, in, in the list of kids I'm talking about today. Nigel was 15. He was openly gay. And you just have to see the pictures of Nigel. He just looked so happy. I just know he was one of those kids that did nothing but bring joy to people that were around him. But he was relentlessly bullied for being gay. He eventually killed himself. Rest in peace, Nigel Shelby. Rest in peace. Amil Ashtewi is the next kid we're going to talk about. She's a Syrian immigrant. She lived in Canada. I don't know if you remember the list of things I told you that make people bully kids. If you're different, if you're new, if you're LGBT, if you're black, if you're albino, if you're Syrian, evidently. She wore her hijab to school. The only thing I can think of is the Canadian kids thought that is good enough reason to bully her. And they bullied her to the point that the poor little nine year old girl killed herself. That was awful. That was awful. That was awful. Mr. Aaron Fuller was 13 years old. He was bullied and bullied and bullied and bullied some more that his parents, I think he's the one that his parents put a billboard in their city that said, bullying killed my kid or something like that. But that was Aaron Fuller, rest in peace. And numerous, numerous, too numerous to count, transgenders that we've lost, really from homicide, but also from suicide. Just too numerous for me to count. But definitely we have to recognize them because they too lost their lives for something that they couldn't help, something that they didn't ask for, something that they were not bothering anybody, but people just felt that it's their right to to take their life from them. And so we're going to take a minute now, one minute of silence, beginning now. And there you have it, that is one minute of silence for the souls of those that we've lost to bullying, for their lives, for their family members, for all those who are suffering still with bullying now, hoping that someone out there will hear my voice today, telling you that please, please don't hurt yourself, there is light at the end of the tunnel, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I know I was bullied myself. I do know that it feels sometimes like you're all alone, but you're not. Believe me, this too shall pass. You're going to rise. You're going to rise above them. You're going to be better than them. All of them. You're going to be much, much better than them. I am living proof that you do rise above. It's very difficult when it's going through. You feel like you have nowhere to go, but I promise you there is light at the end of the tunnel. So on that note, this is Dr. Lulu. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. I'm your host, a.k.a. The Momatrician, signing out. God bless you. If you're listening to me and you're being bullied, hang in there. Holler at your girl. I'll be there for you. I promise. Peace out. Ciao, Bella.